forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. Well, damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to life. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. What's up, Jordan? What's up, baby boy? How you living? Good. How are you? I'm swell, man. I'm swell. And then we have our third host, Zach Barlow. And Zach, I must say, I don't know what you've been doing during this quarantine, but it's fucking working for you, bro. I don't know if it's just the lighting in the house or just what you've been doing this whole time, but you look toned, you look fresh, your hair is blonde now, and you have these piercing blue, like, shark eyes and this just handsome smile. And I just, I guess I've never noticed it before. And now I'm realizing, never mind, Zach's not even on this episode. I'm sorry, folks. We actually, we aren't able to get Zach, but we have an upgrade for you. We have longtime friends and fitness extraordinaire. Cody Boom Boom McBroom. Cody, man, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I was confused by that for a second. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. And then uh, you flipped it on me. So thank you for the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a thing where if we don't have Zach on the episode, we insult him. It's like yeah, a, the whole time. <laughs> we throw we throw jabs. It's a, it's a fun time. Me and JR love it. Zach hates it, but, you know, two, two against one. So um, thank you for being on this episode, man. Um we uh we talk comics and we talk booze and that's pretty much it. But today we're going to talk a little bit of fitness because Cody is for all you listeners. You've had uh, several episodes where Vinny's been a part of this. This is actually Vinny's little brother, Cody, and uh, grew up next door and been a longtime friend, a homie, and actually a personal trainer of mine at, at one time, once upon a time. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been a it's been a long forgot like we we actually we you were one of my first clients actually like i think i was like kind of testing myself with you way way back that was when i was living in like milton um, yeah dude so. well this is what happens like this this, is, your work, <laughs> this is a successful client right here <laughs> this is uh this is all your glory man no i uh i actually so we'll get the, we'll get to the the beer and the or the drinks and everything but honestly you you had a fucking probably the coolest experimental uh training i've ever experienced or even heard of uh we were homies obviously so you gave me the homie hookup but cody told me if i wrote a check for i think it was like 400 bucks mm -hmm. and i snapshotted him every meal i had and did his workouts and tell them let him know when i finished my workouts and what i did every single week uh for two months if i did everything i said he said he told me to do he would tear up the check at the end 
But if I strayed from his path at any point in time, he was going to cash the check. Yeah. So it was kind of like this motivational, like if, if I fucking eat this cheeseburger, I'm, it's a $400 cheeseburger. And <laughs> I lost 30 pounds. I was in the best shape of my life. I've never been healthier. And then I, he tore up the check after two months. And then I went down the fucking drain into, into the shithole. <laughs> so it was the best two months of my life. And it was, I was, I've never been more disciplined. And that was great motivation. And obviously your shit works. I mean, one thing you taught me is you don't have to worry about the weight as much, but you worry about like the inches and like the mass. And like, I was measuring my biceps, measuring my thighs, my hips and everything. Like I learned so much about fitness just, just from that, those two months. And I can't imagine what, what 12 months under your, your watch would be, but I just want to thank you for that. Cause that was a really cool experience. And I, and I always use those workouts still to this day as motivation. And, and whenever I need to go back into the, into the healthy side of, my life so i love that, that dude bro. hell yeah absolutely man thank you for uh for talking about that that's really cool to hear from me um and it's crazy because yeah you you did really fucking well during that eight week period man that was awesome and it's actually that's a strategy i give a bunch of new trainers all the time i'm like hey have them write a check don't put the date on it and if they don't follow the plan just put the date and cash that shit if not rip it up and it works man it's a good accountability that's really what it is Dude, it's it's huge. It's genius, and it, it works. It for for sure works. And the longer, like I don't know, it, I I'm just lazy internally, so like I wouldn't I didn't have like the long term buy in that I, that most people probably have. Um, just like the discipline, I should say. Uh, but I, it comes and goes, I guess, with my my mental focus. So, um, I just yeah, I'm very very fucking happy to have you on here, and and uh. We asked what what would Cody want to drink because I remember when I was on the plan I could ha- if I'm drinking beer I can drink one night a week and if I'm drinking liquor I can drink two nights a week <laughs> and I've already drank this week so we're drinking liquor <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what uh, what Cody Cody brought to the table was scotch some fucking some man shit so uh, let's all put on our smoking robes and grab our cob pipes and uh, head into our beverage breakdown. This week, we are talking Glenn Livett, the Glenn Livett. So, so Cody, how how did you come to find Glenn Livett? Why why this why this whiskey? Why the Scotch? So, basically, like my dad always drank Scotch. My family's Irish. They always drank whiskey. And uh, actually, my dad told me never to drink whiskey. He said whiskey makes you angry. And he was like, just don't. When I was younger and started drinking, so I never drank it, and I never had a good taste for it or or a desire to drink it. And then. It was right after I had my daughter. I was like, I need to like start doing more man shit. And I was like, <laughs> whiskey is the first thing on my list to become a man. And like carpentry was one of the things too that I started trying to trying to figure out. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Well, I mean, yeah. dude, her dad and her can fix anything, and I can't fix a door to save my life. So like everything that. that's breaks, I'm just like screwed. So I started trying to learn stuff, but whiskey was the other thing. Um, and I actually reached out to your cousin Cameron and I was like, Hey man, you like whiskey, right? And he's like, yeah, I was like, what's a good bottle to get. And he mentioned this and I was actually at the store and he said this bottle and I, it was like sitting right in front of me on the aisle and I was like, perfect, let's try it out. And this is, uh, this is my second bottle of it in a row. So I, I enjoy it, man. I like it. And it looks like you drank quite a bit of it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've been sipping it to say the least. But yeah, no, it's a fucking man's drink. I remember when I first got into Parks and Rec, I, I wanted to be Ron Swanson so bad. So I grilled a steak, 
bought a bottle of Glenlivet 12 and I thought I was like the man and I just couldn't even fucking get through a glass. Like this is just, <laughs> it, it tastes like I was drinking a bonfire. It was so smoky. But it must be a little bit in the bloodline because I remember we did our uh, um, Four Horsemen episode and we had some Johnny Walker and everybody was hating it. And Vinny was the only one that was like, this is actually pretty good. Vinny he loves, like, <laughs> he loves whiskey. I'll, ne- I'll never forget we were in Canada for his bachelor party <laughs> and I was really, really trying to get him drunk. And he's a hard person to get drunk. And we ordered a round of, I think it was just Jameson. and But we all just pushed it to him. And he took like six shots oh, in a God. row and was just like, cool. And it was just like nothing. <laughs> and I was like blown away because my brother's not a big person or a big drinker. But no. but yeah, I was like, and this, this lasts me a long time. And this is one of those ones like I just kind of sip every now and then. Yeah. Otherwise, if I'm going to like drink, it's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a rough one to put down. Yeah, last time I think I drank with you was uh, San Diego, the uh, the legendary uh, Cameron, yeah. the person we spoke about earlier, his bachelor party, where yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I've talked about that story a couple of times on the microphone already. That was the worst motel experience I've ever had in my life. Didn't Brett sleep under the bed in the hotel? I, I feel like somebody slept under the bed. I believe so. There was like, what, it was like six dudes per room with a full-size bed and no windows. <laughs> That's what happens when you get booted out of the Airbnb on the first night, baby. Before I even get there. Uh, yeah, you fucking showed up afterwards. Oh, good times. So are you a neat or a, a rocks guy with your scotch? Uh, I'm a, I'm a rocks guy. I already, I already poured myself one. You I got, got the a, rocks. I got oh, you got ass. the. It's got a fancy one. My wife got oh it for me. It's got, like a, it's got my M on it for McBroom. And then she got me those like baseball ice cube things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got it. You are a fucking man. I love it. I'd I love all, it. I'd go all in. Well, I, w- I went neat today. So um, as you already know, and, and, and rudely called out earlier, my bottle is pretty almost empty. So I have <laughs> drank it before. But let's take a little sip of the old Glenlivet 14. Mm. God damn. That is a smooth scotch right there. Mm-hmm. And I did some research on Glenlivet. So... The uh, distillery was actually established 1824 and has been running continuously since then. A lot, a lot of times when you look up these distilleries or these breweries, they have these shutdowns, these revamps. Like they go through these periods depending on the alcohol industry. In 1824, till today, Glenlivet's been consistent. The only time they actually died off was uh, World War II, just for a little bit, uh, being over in Scotland. I mean, it makes sense, but. Uh, they made it through the Great Depression, and and they are actually to this day number one in the U.S. and number two in the in the world um, for for Scotch. And I had to look up because I don't really know the most about whiskey. What makes the difference between whiskey, bourbon, and Scotch? And I've always wondered. And it's mostly the uh, geographical location for Scotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically whiskey made in Scotland. Um, and then uh, for bourbon, it's mostly just corn instead of barley is like the the main integer in, in there. But um, the unique thing about Glenlivet, because uh, what I like about Glenlivet is not like you get Johnny Walker, you get a lot of smoke. Glenlivet's so light tasting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it doesn't have that huge fucking tackle in the back of your throat. And uh, apparently they have really they have lantern shaped stills where they distill and it's got a long neck and that lets it the flavor die down. So it's really light tasting. So it's like the, the design of their stills is what gets them to be this delicious product that we have today. So I looked up all the awards they've won. For their scotch, and it's funny because we're drinking 14, and uh, 12, 15, 16, and 21 have all won awards, but 14 hasn't won shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say I've had 12, and I'm having 14 now, and 14 is definitely an upgrade, so uh, say what you will. Oh, man, that's – I think this is going to be a dangerous episode. I mean, that (laughs) – 
either. <laughs> I just feel like I, I I drink beer like I drink water, and now I'm drinking scotch. So this is gonna be fun. We'll see how uh, long I can last. Just, just wait <laughs> That's for kind of the game we play on this wait show. Wait for the cheeks. They're like a it's like a big red light coming off. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm, fucking gl- Santa I'm glad Claus. I went with this one then. It's, oh. You know, the first the first time I can't remember what. Actually, the first time I ever drank alcohol, it was Southern Comfort, which I believe is a cheap whiskey. Am I right? SoCo. I mean, I. What is that? I, I, it might be a whiskey. I feel like it's so syrupy, but it, I think it is a whiskey. It's not a liqueur. So, yeah, I would think so. so that was the first thing. Horrible impression. And then the second time I tried to drink alcohol, like year or whiskey years later, it just felt like I was like breathing in permanent markers because it was just like yeah. so powerful. Um, but like you said with this, it's nice. Cause it's like, I don't get that crazy. Like when I first opened it, I was like, all right, let's try this out. And I was like, oh, shit. actually, this is good. I can sip this dude. Cameron's going to be so stoked. I mean, he probably already is. I'm sure you've already told him, but yeah, he's, he, 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 he tried out scotch up here. We had like this fancy cocktail lounge we went to and they were having this like scotch shooters like of different scotches from around the world. And we sat there for like two hours, just pounding scotch. And like ever since that night, Cam has been the scotch guy. Oh, that's he always like sends cool. me bottles and stuff. So yeah, he thinks he's a fucking all grown up and shit with his beard. But that's our, uh, that's our beverage breakdown. Now let's, let's, let's dive a little bit into the, uh, the Q and a of, of, of who Cody McBroom and, and what uh what Taylor is awesome um so I got a question so how did how did your fitness journey begin like when you start something I think anybody who starts stuff the like a business or anything have like a creative spark in their mind it started you know a lot of people say it started in my basement or started in my garage so like w- what was your beginning you know and the journey yeah um man I I just always grew up like a little chubby and it was just like it, it was I was kind of like the black sheep in my family my my dad ran a karate studio was super fit my mom was a gymnast super fit my brother just didn't have to try and he was always like he always had a six-pack growing up pissed me off what? and I was what? always kind of like the black sheep which I know it's he's he's not into fitness whatsoever anymore <laughs> just, just the couple times I've hung shout out to video a couple times I hang out with him I'm like what <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> he was a great soccer player. Yeah, he was. He played a lot oh, of soccer, okay. so he was really fit. And uh, and I played soccer and I skateboarded, but I was never like an elite athlete by any means, and yeah. I was always just kind of chubby. And then like finally, you know, like so in high school, I had two knee injuries, so I ended up having surgery, um, tore my meniscus in my knee, had surgery, came back to play soccer, and then tore my ACL in the same exact knee. And then I graduated. So I graduated, partied all summer, and then all my friends left. Like my best friends, Jordan knows a bunch of them, left to like play college ball and like football. And and they were all kind of doing their own thing. And I was just at community college getting heavier and just was just fed up, man. And I just, I remember actually being in my basement, where my room was at my mom's house at the time, and just looking in the mirror and being vulnerable with myself and being like, I'm just not. I don't like what I see and I think I can do better. And I literally just everything 360, like just cold Turkey cut out a bunch of shit and uh, junk food and partying out of my life and just went on a mission. And I ended up losing like 50 pounds. Wow. Um, and, and then during that journey, I got like obsessed with fitness because, you know, and I, I lost 50 pounds and then I was like skinny and I was like, well shit, now I want some muscle. Cause in your head, 
you lose weight and you think you're going to look like the guy on men's health magazine. Right. And that's what I was <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it. And then I got to my like ending weight and I was like, Oh, I, I don't look anything like that. <laughs> I'm just really skinny now. <laughs> so then I went on a journey to like build muscle and, and I just, man, I just came, became obsessed with it. And once, once I started sharing it with other people and then they were able to lose weight or, or feel better, I got attached to that, that feeling of gratitude and that feeling of helping them. And then it just, it just took off, man. Yeah. I just couldn't stop. I like how you said, make them feel better. Like, with exercises or you know like fitness groups they they don't say that a lot a lot of them just say you know we'll get you we'll get you ripped we'll get your physical you know body there not i never hear people say make you feel better um which is i think the key right to feel better about everything yeah 100 percent. when we when we work with clients we're looking at uh not just training and nutrition but stress and mood and sleep and, and social aspects and things like that. And I mean I don't know if we were recording when we were talking about it, but Jordan mentioned drinking. I, I believe we were. We were talking about drinking how many times a week I would let him drink. Yeah. yeah. You can't expect somebody to just like completely change their lifestyle right. to lose weight. You know, like I I'm obsessed with the gym, but my clients aren't. Mm -hmm. Like they come to me because they're like, I don't really love this, but I know I have to do it to get where I want to be. Right. So how do I make it more enjoyable for them? Or how do I allow them to eat a burger or drink alcohol or do whatever they need to do and still get to that result? And that's always been kind of our thing is like fit the diet into their lifestyle instead of trying to fit their lifestyle into a diet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And I remember like one thing is, yeah, obviously your, your fucking your fitness is on prime, but your nutrition intelligence was, was so intriguing. When I remember going to your house and you were talking to me about diet and you were making these uh, tuna like – crab cake type things in your in your pan mm -hmm. and like and you're pouring the green drink and i tell you to this day me and sammy have that green drink every morning uh the amazing grass and you, you're talking about how important it is to to fast in the morning break break fat breaking fast and breakfast like you're just your knowledge of the nutritional side of it and how it affected your your physical health but also your mental health was so intriguing to me like how did you how did you learn all that information yeah i went down a rabbit hole of just different books and certifications. So I, I was going to school for business at Highland Community College. And then when I caught this like fitness bug, I finally, I met the guy that ran that uh, department. It's like one of the top personal training development courses that you can do. And it's at the college. And I actually just forged my dad's signature and changed my degree. Like right uh -oh. then. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm all in. And my parents were pissed because I still wasn't super fit yet. And it was like, I'm six months into this thing. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm in. I'm doing this. And they said no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm doing it. And I, I forged it. But um, that was the that was the start of kind of like just just really getting excited about the educational side of things. So it started with just training. Everything was training to me. And I just wanted to learn more and more and more about training. And then eventually I decided to get on a bodybuilding stage. And that's when nutrition really took off for me because that was the main thing we tweaked. I mean, I got more shredded than I've ever been in my life, like to the point where you don't want to stay that lean. It's not fun, but it was a cool thing to accomplish. And it took dialing in my nutrition and finding all these like scientific principles and methods with nutrition to get there. So that just sparked my mind. And I ended up doing... Uh, two different certification courses that were each a year long through precision nutrition. And then I did uh, MNU to become a legal sports nutritionist. And then I did NCI nutritional coaching Institute. So like, I just literally just kept going through certification and course. After so course. many acronyms. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Now I got <laughs> a bunch damn, of, bro. I got a bunch of letters behind my name now. Um, yeah, you do. It Jesus makes Christ. Is MD up there yet or what? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, not a doctor, but we actually have a doctor on the team, which is really cool. So, um, it's uh yeah but it's been it's been fun man that's i think that's like one of the biggest things for me is like 
just the excitement of learning more. I mean, nutrition's and fitness, you can like you really can't know enough, you know. And every person you work with is different, and it's a new obstacle. And so for me, it's like, man, what can I learn next? What can I learn next? And how can I empower my coaches to learn more? And it just excites me, man. That that's so fucking cool, and you can you can see it in your hear it in your voice, see it in your eyes, and also when you follow you on Instagram and, and on the social, like every day you post something that's inspirational, and it's not about getting toned, getting cut, like JR is saying. It's about like helping yourself, feeling better about yourself, feeling better about life, seeing the seeing the outlook, changing your outlook, seeing like making the changes that help your mental state. And I think that's so 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 incredible. And you said that the day you looked in the mirror it just was a a one eighty. You're just like, all right, this is this is over. We're we're moving in a different direction. That's so hard. That cold turkey move, everybody throws cold turkey out there like it's like quitting smoking, but like not everybody can stay consistent with that. Like that that might last 30 days, 60 days in my case, you know, Uh, but for like, how do you make that like a lifetime decision? You know, it's actually not what I typically recommend people do (laughs) because you're right. It's, it's definitely one of those things where you have to have something like, like, I mean, like I said, I'm obsessed with this stuff. So like, it, it just like, I caught the bug and I'd like, and I think it it comes with, I actually went through this. uh, Do you guys know who Tony Robbins is? Mm -mm. Yep. Tony Robbins is like a really, really, he's like a motivational guru and speaker and stuff. And uh, I read this book called uh, Mastering Influence. And he Mm -hmm. talks about pain and pleasure, right? And he talks about like the, like you have pleasure in your life and you have pain in your life and you have to accept pain to get to pleasure and vice versa. And my current pleasure was partying, being lazy, not training, not meal prepping, eating whatever I want. But my pain was what I saw in the mirror. So is the pleasure of doing all those things worth the pain that I was seeing? And for me, it wasn't. And so I looked at it like, okay, the pain of learning how to lift, being embarrassed in the gym for a while because I'd never been in the gym at that point, uh, meal prepping, cutting out food, cutting out these things. Is that pain worth the pleasure of looking in the mirror and being like, man, you have a six pack now? And at the time, I was like, I've never seen an ab in my life. Like that is 100% <laughs> what I want to do. So it was kind of like, it's a, it's a weird thing, but I had this moment of like, the pain and pleasure comparison and it was just like I there's just no question so for me it wasn't like a really hard self-discipline thing because self-discipline is not infinite right like if there's a bowl of cookies on your counter and you constantly say no to it it only lasts so long you use that energy and then you're going to cave so you have to remove stuff and and it's hard for a lot of people and they all kind of have these different levels of of self-discipline if that makes sense but for me, man, it was just like, I was just tired of where I was at. And it was enough for me to do that hard of a 360 and cut a bunch of shit out, you know? And, and I mean, at the time it was like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking Mountain Dew and drink Diet Mountain Dew. And I'm going to stop eating bread and I'm going to eat like special K cereal. Cause I didn't know any better at the time. I was like, that's perfect. And it worked in the commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. worked. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to say, cause I don't think that's always the smartest route to take. Okay. Well, that that makes sense, and, and I love how you simplify it. It's like the bullet cookies theory. Like that's that that makes it understandable, as opposed to making this vague concept. Um, but you, I mean, you did it. You tackled this, and not only did you do it personally, but you've you've started this empire of fitness and nutrition that is now tailored, and it's it's huge. I mean, what like what are the, I, I can't imagine the challenges not only building yourself up and then starting this entire business like what challenges do you do you have have you face as an entrepreneur i mean i i see all the you see all the highlights and all the glow but i'm sure there's a lot of grit underneath that right yeah um you know what like the funny thing is is oh it's not definitely not funny but um the the biggest struggle and for me has always been balancing my relationships 
and the business because I'm a very like all in type of guy. So for me, it was like, I'm just focusing on business. I'm going to build the biggest business. I'm, I'm going to support my family and they just need money. And it was just like, grow, 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 grow. Little do I know. So my family's like, Hey, I just want time. I just want you to be present, you know? And it, and it took me, honestly, it took me a good year of like trying to figure that out. And then once I had my daughter, it was easier to make that shift. Everybody kind of says like, you don't know unless you have a kid and it's kind of annoying when you hear that. But <laughs> when you see, when you, when I had my daughter, it was, it was a lot easier to make that decision, but that was honestly the biggest struggle. I mean, in, in, along the journey, there's been a lot of ups and downs with starting a business. I mean, I started what was called boom, boom performance back then, um, as a blog, it was just like a free blog. I was just writing on which boom, boom performance makes sense for a blog. Right. And mm-hmm. I think I sat on the business license for two years and just didn't make any moves because I was honestly just scared. I was like, I have security at my job. They give me clients at the gym. Like, why would I leave this place? And I was afraid. And then the the thing that really helped me shift was people started reaching out to me from other places. So the first person was like a, a low, like a Broadway actress, actually. Uh, her name was Sarah, and she was in New York. And she reached out to me and was like, I read your blog. Can you write me programs? I was like, oh, I live in Seattle. Sorry. She's like, well, I'll just PayPal you, and you can just write me them however you want to do it, an email. And I was like, wow. people, do, people do that? I'm like, okay. And like, <laughs> I think I can do that. And then I, so I started doing that. Um, and then my second client, Kevin Knutson. Uh, Knut! Knut. <laughs> he hopped on, and I started doing the same thing with him. He would Venmo me, and I would like write his programming and everything. And I kind of got this idea of like, actually, you know what? This could be like a really profitable thing. Like I can make programs for people. I can help people everywhere I want. I can continue doing like all my blogging and stuff like that. And, uh, and then it started kind of trickling up, but it was never like a really serious thing. And then the second I found out that I was having a daughter, I was like, I need to either go all in on the gym and just like give my all to my boss and the place I work at, or I need to quit and go all in on this. And to me, it was a no brainer. I was like, I'm quitting. So I actually went in like that week, told my boss, I was like, Hey, I got to make a move. And this is the move I'm making. Um, so I gave up all my clientele to all the other coaches, like hundred percent of my paycheck was gone. And I just went all in on this and just literally just started creating a ton of content. Um, and that's really when like I put like my back against the wall and just went in and it just grew. Um, and eventually I changed the name to tailored coaching because I just didn't feel right calling it after myself when we have a team and we work with people everywhere and you know, it's, it's just so much bigger than me and I want it to continue to be bigger than me. So naming it boom, boom performance just didn't feel right to me. Um, and it doesn't make sense. Like you say, boom, boom, forms. Like, oh, what do you do? But like <laughs> do you tailored blow up shit. <laughs> <laughs> tailored coaching method makes a little bit more sense because that's what we do. We tailor the process to people. Um, I don't even remember the original question, but this, oh, the struggles of entrepreneurship. Does that of entrepreneurship, you kind of went through it, bro. The trials yeah. and tribulations. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So just trying to figure it all out, man. Like, I mean, every you try so many different things to be successful, and they all like so many of them fail, but you just look at it, learn from it, and then just implement the next thing, you know, and you just keep, just keep doing it. What failures have you run into? Have you, have you had some, some downfalls you had to overcome? Yeah. I mean like in different areas. So like for one, I started a a clothing business and that just completely bombed out. Me and my business partners didn't see eye to eye. Like, so like I've, I've even had it to where I've tried to start other businesses before this and it just was like, just not going to work. Um, which is actually a pretty common thing with entrepreneurs, like behind the scenes, you'd know that they tried a lot yeah. more than you realize. Yeah. It wasn't just like, Oh, this is my first idea. And it just blew up. <laughs> just um, <fucking> yeah. <laughs> um, and then like finding my niche market was really hard too. Like that was like a big struggle for me. It was trying to figure out like, okay, who am I talking to? 
like realistically, like, okay, weight loss. How many people want to lose weight? Men, women, old, young, ex-athletes, current athletes, never been an athlete. Uh, you know what I mean? Like jocks, nerds, uh, people who are into rap, people who are into rock, like every little tiny thing that goes into a demographic completely changes the outlook of an individual and what they're looking for because we're all biased. So when we see somebody, we relate to them somehow and that's the person we're going to buy from. So I started really thinking about like, okay, how can I be my authentic self and talk to people who are similar to me? And finding that message was hard. I struck out quite a few times um, by just copying other people and just like, doing what other guys were doing because they were successful, but they were successful because they were them, right? And I wasn't being me. Um, so that was a big one. And then uh, there's a ton of struggles that go into running a team. I mean, just trying to make sure that I'm the best boss and mentor possible is always a struggle. And I'm still currently like, you know, it's a fun struggle, but it's that's a constant education curve for me. For sure. For sure. I'm going to write all that shit down, actually. All right. <laughs> Well, I, one thing I, I love that you said, um, and I think a lot of us forget this. I mean, I've I've done some side business stuff and, you know, it's been okay, you know, not the end of the world. And one thing that um, I had to really build was, was my relationship with my wife so we can kind of sustain, like, uh, I guess, weather the ups and downs and, like you're saying, being gone. And there is, I think people forget that if you want the big, the big big prize at the end you've got to figure out these relationships in your life and you've where the sacrifice needs to come in and where the where the you know the time to spend i think that's that's a very very like huge thing and um and i think people forget that you know people want to have it all right they want to sit on the couch with your wife watch netflix and but still make a billion dollars and i just i've never seen anybody who's made a lot of money do that you know you know, yeah. they put it <laughs> in the calendar. That's, that's a really, really good example, man. I think it's, it's, it's the thing that nobody likes. Cause like you said, a highlight reel Jordan, like with Instagram, that's, I mean, that's the struggle that nobody ever sees. And I know for me, like I asked my wife before I quit my job, I was like, Hey, would you support me if I did this? Like, I'm going to give up this paycheck and like you're on maternity leave right now. So my plan is to make sure you never go back to work. And she was like, I'm going to go back to work. I'm independent but you can do it. Like, I trust you. Um, once she saw my daughter's face, she was like, I don't want to go back to work. So she's been a, <laughs> a stay at home mom ever since. But, uh, but she supported it. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And at first it was like exciting because I was doing the right things and I was making money and we were happy, but eventually business got busier and I just slowly drifted towards like just focusing on that um, and ignoring her and her wants. And, and honestly, it took a long time for me to like get it through my head because it's actually pretty crazy. If you look at the history of like the male workplace, it went from being in the farm, like with your son, mm -hmm. right? Like all day, every day teaching them to being in a factory and not even seeing your family all day. And then to entrepreneurship being a big thing, which is just grind mode, like team right. no sleep. And you're just busy all day. And I, I even had resentment towards my dad at it for a long time because he wasn't around that much because he worked all day and my mom stayed at home. Now I understand the struggle and he just was trying to do what was best for me, but I fell right into that. And it was just like, it took me a while. And she finally was like, you got to figure this shit out because you yeah. can't have like, you know, all in on that side and expect me to just be fine because you're get, like, you, you can pay the bills. And, um, I'm actually a part of like a, a male entrepreneurship group now that like you, you learn a lot about that stuff and you, and you go through practices and some of it's really weird and <laughs> crazy, but 
but it works because it challenges you and there's other guys that get it, you know? Right. So, um, but that's been the biggest breakthrough oh. for me and the biggest struggle. What's the weirdest thing? Oh. He says weird. What do yeah, you mean? Jordan's um, like, I like how, what's the weirdest thing? Yeah. Is it like some culty <laughs> shit or what? Semi-culty. Um, I mean, <laughs> fuck yeah. So, so there, here's a weird one. I, this was actually just like a, a week or two ago. Um, so I had to, uh, I had to dress in all black and I had to get a garbage bag. Um, and right now everything's virtual. So before COVID, like you would meet up like once a quarter and you would do these events together. So now everything's like sure. virtual, right? So sure. the, the mission quote unquote was I had to get an industrial garbage bag dressed in all black and I had to go out in the day and I had to walk for 20 minutes straight and I had to pick up a rock, like a good size rock and put it in the bag for every lie that I was telling myself or others. Um, and like the stories that you tell in your head and doubts and fears and shit like that. Right. And so at first you're walking, you're like, I'm, I'm not picking up any rocks is weird, but then you start like really digging through your head and like the things you've told yourself and the doubts you've told yourself and the things that you've like, even if it, it's not a lie that you've told, but like it's a truth that you've hidden and you didn't want to bring out because it's just easier to tuck it under the rug and avoid confrontation. Yeah. So all these things are coming up. So now I'm like walking around with this fucking bag of rocks, like through the neighborhood and, uh, <laughs> And then like a ghetto Santa Claus, literally. <laughs> and once the 20 minute timer goes up, you're supposed to just stop and sit wherever you're at. And then right then you, uh, you sit down and you pull out a voice recorder and you tell all the lies for 20 minutes straight Whoa. to the voice recorder. And then Holy you walk shit. back for 20 minutes, listening to your own voice going through the lies. Really? It, at first you heard it and I was like, I'm not doing this. And then of course, <laughs> if you don't do it, you're out. It's like I and it's basically like this build up. So I have like 45 more days and then we have this like event that's like 3 days long. And uh and it's called Wake Up Warrior is the program. And and so like I went through that and it was really weird, but like when I look back on it and like the things, I mean, there's just like little things that you tell yourself that are just complete bullshit, but they stop you in your tracks from getting where you want to be. Like I mean, doubts and fears that you tell yourself or like stories you create in your head as to why you can't achieve blank or be happy with blank or get whatever result. It's really crazy. So, um, it was a good breakthrough, but that was probably the weirdest thing I've done with them in a while. Oh my God. That is incredible. So you did it. You you did the garbage bag. You did the 20 minute talk. Wow, so that's that's like a Joshua Tree moment. Like that's like taking shrooms and going out in the fucking desert <laughs> and finding God. That's some like artistic exploration shit. I love that, dude. dude. They, they get deep, man. It's they do some some crazy shit. When they did the live events, it's called Warrior Week, so that's what I'm building up to. And now I'm doing Virtual Warrior Week, and they don't tell you anything what you're gonna do. And war like that that is like the Warrior Week's like really intense. So like I'm I'm nervous. But when I'd see videos of like the shit they would do on the San Diego beach in person with these guys, it's just, it's nuts, man. It's like half, it's like partially Navy SEAL training, partially like mental therapy. Like it's just, dude, it's crazy. It's okay. Wild. So is this entrepreneurship or is it like fitness entrepreneurs? Cause like no, it's, if I'm an entrepreneur and I want to start like a fucking donut company and I'm having to go uh, out and do this Navy SEAL training, I'm going to get my ass actually, destroyed. I had a client that ran uh, a whole region of Dunkin' Donuts that I met through this program. Um, but okay, he, God damn it. yeah, so like it's, it's not just fitness, but like basically what it is, is it's for men who are married and own businesses. Like that's their, like, like there's other guys who are within a business or don't have kids yet or whatever. But for the most part, it's like men who are married, have kids and, and run a business. And it's basically like the whole thing is like how to have it all. So like going back to that conversation is like, how do you 
balance all these things and be happy. And they call it core four. So your body, your being, your balance, your business. So your body, yourself, your relationships, and your business. How do you have everything on all aspects? Like how are you good and everywhere? So they basically try to break you down in each category and like make you super vulnerable and then they help you grow because they believe you got to break them down before you can get them up. And I've known about this program for a long time and I've always just been like, that's just too much, man. Like, <laughs> but I'm kind of scared. I'm not even going to do it. And I'm scared. Right I know as you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I've always been like, that's just too much, man. There's no way. But I, I kept meeting these guys that would go through it and they were just like different people, just completely different people in such a good way. And they couldn't stop speaking highly of it. And I was like, man, maybe there's more to this. And then the, once I really got into like growing a big business, I mean, we, we have myself and uh, six other coaches and then my assistant and then my media guy and then we have a chief science officer. So we have a huge team now and there's so many different aspects of it that it takes up so much of my mental capacity that it started really getting to my relationship. And that's when I was like, fuck it. If I got to do the most extreme thing to be be the man, like I'll do it. And that's why I jumped in. So, uh we're talking all about your business, you know, like what you've been doing and, and like, obviously that's a big part of your life, but what, what do you do when you're not on the clock? Like, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're kind of always on the clock, but how do you, how do you let loose? You know, how do you, how do you stretch, spread your wings a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so once upon a time there was skateboarding, man, that was like my go-to. It was just like, especially when Vinny lived here, now he's in Texas. Uh, but it was just like, let's just skate. But then, of course, in, in Seattle, it's kind of shitty. But I'll be completely honest, man. For the last, like, year, there has just been nothing. And this is actually one of the biggest breakthroughs from this whole warrior thing that I've had was, like, I don't have any hobbies anymore. So <laughs> I'm actually getting ready to buy a quad because where I live, there's all these trails for dune buggies everywhere. And I grew up riding dirt bikes uh, with my family when camping. So I'm getting ready to get into quadding. So that's going to be, like, my next thing. But otherwise, dude, it's – it's uh i'm a big wine guy so it's like we uh we'll get different wines and like this sounds super girly but like get like wines and cheeses and meats and shit like that and just make a make a big ass board dude and like my wife is the one that got me into it but i started getting into it and getting into tasting wine so I, I, like drinking isn't my that's only not girly hobby. at all man it's not that's my not only hobby all, but that's uh that's usually a that is a great hobby yeah and and you know what like for the like at first it was like any free time I had, it was just trying to like take care of my daughter and like see what she's doing and play with her and like kind of, you know what I mean? Like have fun with her. Um, so that's still a big part of it. We live in, uh, Bonnie Lake in like the, uh, like it's a neighborhood called Holly, but it's like in the woods, like it's like tucked away. So we have, uh, 40 acres of trails in the trees, like just going everywhere. It's really cool. Jesus Christ. So with quarantine, man, I've been walking so much. It's crazy. Like I just take my daughter in the woods and we just like, she loves rocks. So we go play with rocks and just do just, just, just roam around. And, and, uh, that's really fun for me, man. So doing that and, uh, skateboarding when it's nice out and then just drinking lots of wine and hopefully soon quadding. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Shannon will let me get one. (laughs) That's, that's a, that sounds like a fucking awesome hobby. And you mentioned COVID and I mean, it sounds like from 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 what you've told us, a lot of your stuff is virtual already, mm-hmm. um, with your your plants and everything, your communication. But like, <clears throat> I know a lot of people are struggling right now because the gyms. I mean, some are open, some aren't. Some are occupancy, you know, limited. Some aren't. 
Like what, what have you recommended to your clients or to people to reach out? Like, how do you stay healthy at this kind of a time? Yeah. So that's the good thing about like, realistically, like what I always say is like muscles are stupid. So, and, and this is actually what my college teacher used to always say. Muscles are stupid. So they don't know the difference between a cable machine or a dumbbell or a kettlebell or a sandbag or anything like that. They just know applied tension. Right. So I can think of a million ways to do some bodyweight squats and pushups in your living room. Um, and for us, it was it, when this thing all, all hit, the first two weeks were scary because as a business owner and as somebody who's in the fitness space and watching all these gyms shut down um, and clients getting foreload and laid off, it was kind of like, what's going to happen? You know, like, where are we going to be? Um, so we ended up giving a bunch of clients free memberships for a month because we're like, hey, we know you got laid off. Uh, we're going to help you out this month. If you can get back on track after this month, great. We'll get back to payments. If not, no worries. Like, you can leave, but we're going to coach you for free this month. So we helped a bunch of people out, which was just the right thing to do. Um, But after about two or two to three weeks, things started kind of like picking up again. People started getting more comfortable. And then I just really just had been busy as hell, just making home programming. Like it just like, I've written so many at home workouts and running plans. It's insane. Um, And the cool thing about dieting is actually people are uh, losing more weight and they're more on point because you can't go to the bar. You can't go out to eat, really. Like, it's it's literally 10 times easier to stay on point with your nutrition. Um, so just helping. Okay, well, don't rub it in because some of us don't have that same outlook. <laughs> all right, bro? Because me personally, I've had – I, I experimented with red Flamin' Hot Cheetos and, and cheddar cheese dip, and it changed my <laughs> life. So. so that's so, what I've learned. So this. I should re- – I'll rephrase that. It's 10 times easier <laughs> – when you have a personal coach and that's, <laughs> and that's true because like part of what we do is we're checking in on people constantly. You know, we're constantly communicating with people. So when you have somebody on your ass all the time, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, but I need you on my ass again, man. but, uh, I, we just kind of shifted gears, man. We shifted gears and just started, uh, creating at home workouts, helping people plan their nutrition at home and just kind of rolling with the punches. And to be completely honest, we uh we do some stuff with uh like google advertising and seo and we can like kind of see our trends and our analytics and after about like two weeks the the amount of people who were searching online fitness and nutrition just was on a super high incline because one people are trying to figure out how to stay fit during this whole thing and then two they're like well uh, online coach can help me no matter what the gym situation is so even when i go back it's probably my safest bet which is great for us. So things lately have been just insane, man. We're just, we're honestly trying to just like keep on top of everything and all the inquiries we're getting, which is a great problem to have. Um, but the last like three weeks have been just absolutely amazing and insane. And so we're trying to just manage it, which is great. So you're like the Amazon of the fitness world. You're like, this is actually a a silver lining here. I think that's like, that's like really building me up. Amazon's pretty good. What's that Bezos? What's that Jeff? What'd you say? I heard he might be the first trillionaire. So you might be the first trillionaire fitness coming up here. I would, I would love that. that. Not quite there. I would love that for you. That would be amazing. Um, (laughs) But I think there is a silver lining, you know. And I even, to be honest, I think there's a silver lining for everybody to see if they if they really seek it, right? So for me, first was panic mode, and I was like, "What the fuck's gonna happen?" And then I sat back and was like, "Okay, like." what does this allow me to do more of or be better with so on and so forth and i mean the easiest answer was like i can get off earlier because i don't have as many in-person meetings that i have to do with team members or or other people i can't go get my hair cut i can't go out to eat so many times i don't have to leave 
so I can be home more and I can spend more time with my wife and my daughter. And that's been tremendously helpful for us. And just, just kind of let me kind of remind myself what's important, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a, a come to Jesus moment of what's important and what's not. And, and for me, what's important is DoorDash and, uh, <laughs> and Grubhub, but uh, not really. No, it's important to be with your, your loved ones and, and explore those relationships. I, I saw one thing, like some stat, like so many divorces have happened since this co- like quarantine. Like really? people are like, being forced to like stay with their significant <laughs> other and not I heard that be too. Out. And like, there's been, like a record amount of divorces and, and me personally, like it sounds like you too. Like this has been the healthiest part of our relationship. But I think I can remember like, it's just, it's, it's forced conversation to have conversation about things that you might've been avoiding, you know, yeah. you might, you're kind of having to get deeper and like, all right, well, let's just talk about this. You know, we're here. Yeah. And yeah, that's, is, that's crazy. I, I wouldn't have thought that, you know, cause I actually had somebody that I know that they were kind of on Rocky uh, terms. And then the next time I talked to him, like there was probably like a, a couple of weeks, at least they were like in love and amazing and everything was great. And I was like, damn, this quarantine did you guys well. Um, yeah. and I kind of figured that would be, I guess, I mean, I guess if this breaks you up, that's probably not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> D- depends on the conflict resolution or your ability to communicate, I think. Yeah. Cause like you're forced to do yeah. that. And if you're, if you can't communicate your feelings or articulate yourself right now, you can only watch Netflix for so long before it yeah, you'll, you'll a run problem, out of shows you know? for sure. Um, one thing to tell you, Cody, is that that whole fear at the beginning of COVID. I mean, uh, the owners of where I were—I mean, they're millionaires. I mean, they make you know, I, I mean, four or five million a year, and they were scared shitless of losing mm-hmm. that whole company. So, I mean, it was a sentiment that I mean they had, and um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people had. And the fact that you know the the light at the end of the tunnel came. For you and and it's for them too. I mean, they're they're a little. Um, I love them, and so <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Uh, they're not listening. It's okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's good to hear because yeah, I mean they're they're. I mean, I've never seen. I've met millionaires before, and they've got a great entrepreneurial mindset as well. And I love being around them, but I've never seen a millionaire so scared uh, when mm-hmm. COVID hit and. Um, it was kind of it was I wasn't scared because I, I mean Amber and I did a really good job we do a really good job with our money so I mean we have money that can last for a while but it was like man that's uh that's really interesting to see people that way yeah it's uh you know like if you talk to like a business financial advisor they'll tell you to save have at least three months of yeah. all your expenses and mm-hmm. payroll inside of savings. Um, but you never sit there and go, yeah, just in case like a crazy virus breaks out and I have to shut down my business. <laughs> you, know, you never think that yeah, there's so Wait, you guys don't do that. Yeah, there's so you guys don't prep for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many gym owners in my, in my industry. There's a lot of gym owners and just people who, I mean, the cost to run a business with employees. And, and I mean, now I have a lease cause we have a, a physical location too. But like even just to run a website and create all the content and do all that stuff is expensive. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of people that were like could last a month. And then after month one, they're like, well, shit, I'm screwed. And I feel horrible for those people because they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know? And there's some people that they just started businesses and they're all excited to go. And then this hits and mm-hmm. they're like, well, shitty dealt, dealt of cards. You know, it's, it's it sucks. Yeah, but it does suck. And, and that's why it's important for us as consumers and everybody preaches it. Some people actually, you know, 
put their money where their mouth is, but like support your local businesses yeah. and you know, as much as you can. As as hard as it is, do not order from everything from Amazon right now. As hard as it might so be. Hard. <laughs> they're fine. They are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Try and help the people that need it, you know? Yep. Um <clears throat> Well, thank you so much for talking your your shop with us, man. Like it's so interesting to me. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I I, I mean I know we grew up together and you're, you're just, I'm so proud of you, bro. Thank you, man. It's, it's awesome to see what you've accomplished, man. And that's, it's so cool. And thank you so much for being on this. Um, but before we go, I really want to get into some fun stuff. So while you might not be a comic book fan, I know that you're a Dragon Ball Z fan because you and Vinny both are my first exposure to the anime universe, the Dragon Ball Z. I remember, I remember the day, I met you and Vinny. We played Mario on regular Nintendo, and then we fucking drew Dragon Ball Z characters. <laughs> and I didn't know what we were drawing. And then we went, and then I remember like a, a week later, I got a color printer, which is this is back in the day. So like, holy shit! And we went to my house and we printed off pictures of Piccolo and Goku, and like it was in color. And then we drew it and shit. And so like, this was during the Frieza saga so this is like a fucking big deal so dragon ball z is more your thing you're more of an anime dragon ball z guy than a comic book guy i would say so first off talk talk to us about dragon ball z why it's important to you and then tell us like why and who your favorite character is yeah so um i have to say one side note about not being a comic book guy at first <laughs> i got really i got into batman just because like the movies and i watched the show gotham and like yeah. i, I like Bat- batman until i tried okay. to talk batman with Vinny, and he just like shut me down <laughs> and i realized i knew nothing about no. the real batman whatsoever um, that's a great brother so i thought i was almost in the comic book gang and then i was like no i'm not um but you know what's funny is i actually i think i shit my mom probably still has them but i i remember having just like books like notebooks and notebooks of dragon ball z drawings like i feel like that's almost like my entire childhood like we literally yeah. wanted to get so good at drawing Dragon Ball Z characters for some reason. Um, it's because of the hair, dude. The hair and the shading and the muscles. It's you know, it's fucking dope. Maybe that's where like the love for fitness like really was rooted. <laughs> like seeing. Want to be Goku? I just want to be a Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's where you should have started. That's really all it is. Um, I don't know. I think Vinny got me into it though. I think because uh, when you're that young, you just kind of you just follow your older brother, you yeah. know. And I think he he got me into that. Um, and I remember back in the day really liking Gohan and then I liked Trunks because they did the, like, I can't remember what it was called, but they would come together with their fingers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was sick. And, uh, so I really liked them a lot, but I mean, now obviously Brawly is by far my favorite character. (laughs) Oh, the fucking stacked ass. He's the most jacked guy in the TV show. So I have to go with Brawly for sure. And I will say, he was actually one of the characters I used. Actually, no, I used Gohan more on the video game. The video game was actually really fun. I don't know if you guys you ever played that. You would be a fucking... Oh, yeah. I played all of them. And you would be a Gohan. Gohan's like the the son of Goku, obviously. And he's like the little... He, I feel like if Vinny was a Goku fan, you're a Gohan fan. Yeah. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what it would be. And Gohan ends up being more powerful than Goku. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of. Goku just has a million lives, but... Uh, that you fucking brawl, you fucking would. That's amazing. And this is this is the moment where we miss Zach the most because Zach is a goddamn anime yeah. fucking fiend. Him and Vinny, and him God. and Vinny really like. I mean, I I didn't really watch anime, and I, used to, I get criticized for it. 
at times and um i'm starting <laughs> you take I it know, personally I, I get the comic book podcast i get criticized for not watching an- anime you know and knowing anything about it well fucking watch it i'm, dude. I'm watching i'm watching Serious bleach art. right now and i'm loving it um and i've seen dragon ball z before not everything but uh, i just remember Vinny and him would be like you'd get this stare like what you don't know any what one punch you don't know about one punch what you didn't watch the end of you know uh dragon ball z uh, which they're making a movie of one punch let's uh, go cowboy let's cowboy go. bebop what you don't know anything about cowboy bebop and i'm like give me <laughs> give me a break i'm sorry you know <laughs> uh i can only stuff so much in my brain you know and uh there's so much anime but yeah i just when all i think of now i think of anime i think of Vinny and, and zach because they're just um it's just so obsessed at times. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny's the type of person that needs to find, like, he needs to be the first one to find something, too. So, like, if it's a new show or a new anime or a new comic book, he's always, like, trying to, like, show you that thing. <laughs> every time I see him, he's got a million new things. Like, I, I texted him the other day because I listened, I started listening to, um, I'm really old, like, late on this, but A Day to Remember. And he's always really liked that band. I've never really given yeah. him a chance. You just started listening to a day to remember. I just been binge listening all this shit. <laughs> oh my God. And and what's weird is like I like a lot of very similar bands, but I've just like I think it was one of those things like oh my that's my older brother's favorite band, so I just was like no, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. But I texted yeah. him and I he was like oh like yeah you're listening to them now and then he sent me like seventeen new bands that he was like this guy's <laughs> just came out this is a super group you gotta listen to these guys and I was like god damn it Vinny. I'm just trying to trying to discover this one band right now. <laughs> You got to be careful about the floodgates. They will open. They will open. 100%. 100%. I just remember going to your house, and this this is like a very iconic moment in my head because it was like where I found my love for uh, the Pokemon, uh, you know, Game Boy game. And Pokemon in general, we used to trade cards on the block at Hylobos like it was fucking hotcakes. But I remember sitting on a table with you and Vinny – Dragon Ball Z is in the corner. We're drawing Goku or fucking Frieza or the battle or whatever because the, the saga's happening. And this is like Game of Thrones shit in our life right now. Like, this is like the thing. And we're also linked up with our uh, Game Boys and we're trading Pokemon that can only evolve when you trade them. So we're trading fucking Graveler and he's evolved into Golem. We're trading Slowpoke. He's, he's evolved into Slowbro. And we're like fucking swimming Cinnabar Island and getting the fucking Masigno glitch and getting rare candies up the ass and just leveling up everybody. Like this is, this is my fucking, like, I, I remember this moment as like a moment. Like, this is what heaven would be like. Like this is <laughs> when there's no care in the world. We're playing Pokemon, drawing Dragon Ball Z, pl- watching cartoons. And then fucking your beautiful mother is going to bring us a delicious dinner and we're going to have a fucking great night. Like that was, that was how was living. And, I just, it was a great moment for me, but that's honestly my experience with DBZ. Well, one thing I do remember about DBZ is that Goku was infinite. He was essentially indestructible. He died a thousand times and came back to life a thousand times. So Goku is the god of DBZ from, from my knowledge. So if we had to take a superhero from the comic book universe and match them up to defeat Goku, who's your choice? Cody. I, I, the first person that comes to mind, he's not my favorite character by any means. Uh, actually, you know what? I was going to say Iron Man, uh, but maybe the Green Lantern. 
because Green Lantern. Okay. Green Lantern can pull some shit out of his ass, I feel like, and do some crazy things. I think they're like, weren't they going to make literally a movie? he could, if he wanted to, did they make his ring? He could, did they make a movie? They, on that? they did. They tried. Yeah, they, they did. Tried. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds and it was a fucking, uh, that's disaster. actually a really good comparison. I always felt like just from the, uh, uh, DBZ that I watched, Go- Goku had a will of, of insurmount. Like you never, it never faltered. And that's actually what the green lantern is. The green, green light is the will. So that's actually a really good, uh, uh, you got some. You're a smart cookie there. I mean, that's like a great. Um, <laughs> you're a smart cookie. Uh, it's instinct. That yeah, it's great um, <laughs> because that's exactly what the Green Lantern is all about. It's about his will, never giving up, and always, you know, when it when stuff came crashing down, he just kept going and going. And that, I feel like just the the DBZ I watched. That's actually exactly the way that uh, Goku just kept coming and coming and. Yeah. So that's great. That's pure will. 100%. I think that would be. I I wanted to choose Batman really bad because I just like Batman and Bruce Wayne, but like in my head, I'm like. If you had chosen Batman, I would have turned this episode (laughs) off. Goku would destroy Batman, so I had to be logical about that. There you go. Tell Zach that because Zach, I guarantee you, Zach was here. Batman. Batman or Cyclops. And he'd he'd argue it too. (laughs) To the fucking death. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, so Green Lantern. That's actually. I love that choice. I agree. I love that choice. Jerry, what, what, what do you got? Ooh, um, I mean, that's such the, the perfect choice. I think anything I choose is going to be pretty weak. Um, I just, you know, if, if we're talking like physicality, I mean, just to try and beat him and just to, uh, one thing I loved about Goku was his transportation, you know, the, boop, and, you know, go from one <laughs> point to the other. And um, I felt like if anybody's going to like, compete with that it, it might be um oh man it's such a hard pick <laughs> i i you know i hate to say it, but i think superman's the only one that i think they can kind of compete with god strength. damn it i was hoping we get through this without fucking superman getting mentioned. it's so but, hard right. i mean you're talking super strength super, i mean literally can move so fast i mean i love spider-man but spider-man has actually t- fought superman at one point but he had to have like special powers to do it you know, even with his Spider-Man power. Yeah. So, like... Because Superman's a cheat code. Yeah, I just I just feel <laughs> yeah. like... But Goku's also a cheat code, so I get I get it. Yeah, Superman's obviously... Yeah. yeah. That's, that Keep would going. be my... You have, you have that would be it. Superman. You just ruined my... I'm, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I didn't ruin anything. You said Superman. That ruined everything. <laughs> so, Saying the word Superman. <laughs> I hate Superman. I'm sorry. I a lot of people don't so, like... You have to be a Superman fan to like Superman. Like, you literally... It's either you hate or love Superman, so I get it. He, he's just too... He's too good, you know. Um, I, there's there's nothing worse than... Uh, have you guys... You guys know the Green Arrow is, obviously. Yep. Um, of course. I always try to get watch, uh, get Shannon to watch, like, superhero movies. She, like, she'll never want to watch anything, but for some reason, she wants to watch Green Arrow, and I think it's because he's, like, always half-naked, like, doing these, like, yeah, I shit. <laughs> Absolutely. That's and why I watch it. So we watched the whole we watched the whole series. It's pretty good. But um they do these like crossover episodes and like they'll do a crossover episode with Supergirl and I just like get so angry that I like we skip the episode. I'm like, I can't watch this. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh so like Superman's not as bad as that. Um nothing No, else. no. It it, it, it it I'm I'm bitter. Like, there's a lot of great Superman comics out there, a lot of great Superman content. Our boy at Fantasy on Tap, Nate, he would he would defend Superman to the death. It's his favorite superhero. And 
I'm sure there's reasons for that, but I just I love a little bit of vulnerability, and that's why we love Spider-Man, me and Jr. and and Zach loves Batman because we like we like vulnerable heroes, you know. Like if you can't relate to them, then what's the fucking point of reading about yeah. it, you know? Um, my choice to fight Goku would be Thor, and my thought process behind that is you need somebody that can fly because Goku can fly, and you need somebody that's a god, and fucking Thor's a god, basically. I mean, he's. He's, and 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 I think super like fucking Kamehameha waves are basically magic, you know. And you need some magic on magic, so that's a good choice. Yep, we'll we'll see. Uh, but that, that's our uh, that's our that's our uh, anime discussion for the day. And and again, thank you so much for being on the yeah. show, Code. And yeah. before we head out, you know, I would love you because not only are you a fucking entrepreneur, a fucking fitness expert, a nutrition expert, um. Uh, you got the fucking Betty Blue Eyes that just get me lost <laughs> um, while I'm watching you on the Skype call. Uh, but you also have a very successful and awesome podcast. So I would love you just to plug what you're working on and what you have for everybody that's listening right now to continue to listen to you because your wisdom needs to be heard. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, the podcast is called Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Uh, it is all things like fitness, nutrition, and just entrepreneurship in general, just life. Um, and then tailored coaching method is the company and that's tailoredcoachingmethod.com is really where you can find everything. I mean, we have free books, we have free blogs, we have free videos, we have free, uh, I mean, my Instagram is flooded with content. So we put out a ton of free stuff. So if anybody listening is interested in anything fitness related, just go to there and, and there's a ton of free education to help you. Definitely check everything you just said out. Um, check us out at hop heroes pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening this week, and we'll catch you all next week. Can't see it.